Happy 2022. If your life is anything like mine, it's not feeling that different than 2021 or perhaps midway through 2020. There are still lots of concerns about, of course, the coronavirus, about whether children will be able to go to school, about the financial stability of our governments, of our companies. We're all wondering whether we'll be able to keep the travel plans that we've made for the year. So yes, I acknowledge in many ways, 2022 is just not feeling that new. However, I would hate for a great mental health intervention to pass us by. So I'm going to spend this episode talking a little bit about the importance of a reset, the importance of honoring the new year, even though it doesn't feel that new, and being able to begin a new segment of time with fresh ideas, fresh perspective, and somewhat arbitrary reset. Welcome to the Zen Founder Podcast. This is a place where we have conversations about mental health and entrepreneurship. We have a pretty broad conceptualization of what mental health means, sometimes depression, anxiety, sometimes relationships or physical health. The goal here is to bring some calm into the crazy roller coaster of ups and downs that is life for many entrepreneurs. I'm your host, I'm Dr. Sherry Walling. I'm a clinical psychologist and an entrepreneur, married to an entrepreneur, live in the world of entrepreneurs, and I'm so pleased that you have joined us for this conversation. I have very clear memories of what it felt like the moment that I would walk out of the room and close the door after tucking my small children into bed. My children aren't small anymore. Sometimes I go to bed before them and that's perfectly fine. But when they were little, when the days were full of energy, of answering the same question over and over, of cleaning up messes, of running around, when you reach the end of the day as a parent and you are so tired, you fall asleep reading stories in your little one's toddler bed. Those are the days that I most remember that feeling of giddy delight when I close the door and let them sleep and have those little moments of me time or time with my husband while the kids are sleeping. And of course, many parents get into lots of tangles with their children about bedtime. We certainly did, especially when they were little. And I remember our young Finn, who will probably grow up to be some kind of attorney, having elaborate arguments around why he shouldn't have to go to bed at a certain time, why he should stay up, blah, blah, blah. And one of the things that I remember saying to him is looking him square in his little face and saying, you need to go to bed now so that I can like you in the morning. Moms have batteries and the battery gets drained all day. And by the end of the day, the battery is empty. And while you sleep is when the mom battery recharges so that we can start the day all over and that I like you all over again. So what I was describing to him in our little bedtime debate is the importance of a reset, the importance of disrupting one way of being, having some kind of pause, and then starting again in a new, maybe similar but different way. A new year, like waking up after a good night's sleep, offers the opportunity for a reset. It offers the opportunity to say this time is different than last time. The date on the calendar is different. We are living in a slightly different version of reality. Even though our calendar segmentation is somewhat arbitrary, it is set aside as different than what happened before. The importance of this from a mental health perspective is that we have the invitation to reset. 
we have the invitation to re-examine our habits, patterns, and assumptions and decide whether those habits, patterns, assumptions, behaviors, whether those things are what we wish to continue. Those of us who are entrepreneurs who are trying to do interesting, innovative things with our lives, we are often pressing into what is difficult. We push ourselves to learn. We push ourselves to get up early. We push ourselves to try new things, defeat our fears, cultivate relationships, whatever it is, we are living in this zone of effort. And as time goes on, it is very, very easy to regress to the mean. It's very easy to be less intentional, less focused, less driven as we chase the things that we want. So I use the new year as a double check. It's a little bit more nuanced than setting new year's resolutions. It's more like I look back on the year that has passed and on the things that I was attempting to accomplish, the things that I was attempting to learn. What were my growth areas? What were my goals? And I assess my progress towards those things. And then I also ask the really important question of, should I keep putting my effort in this direction? Should I keep doing a podcast? Should I keep writing? Do I need to hire someone new for my business? Does it make sense to continue in the same family rhythms that we've adopted over the past few months? Am I in need of more friend time? Am I in need of more time alone with my partner? Am I in need of more vacation or maybe more focused work time without interruption? A reset invites a checking of assumptions. It invites a changing of behavior, a setting of intention and adjusting of habits. And yes, those can take the form of resolutions. That's just fine. I don't feel judgmental about that. I know a lot of people are kind of poo-poo about resolutions. Ah, they never work anyway. I think what's important is not so much whether you're still going to the gym four times a week come April 13th. The importance is in your redirecting your attention to how you spend your time. The importance is in asking the questions. The importance is the honest conversation with yourself where you assess whether you are using your precious, precious moments of your life the way that you really wish to be, whether or not you want to sign on for doing this kind of process just because it's January is totally fine. Set another time, (laughs) but put something in the calendar, put some reminder in your life to go through a process like this, because it is absolutely impossible to be a well, healthy, satisfied, connected human without having the capacity to reset. The thing that makes mental health challenges so difficult, particularly something like depression, is the sense when you are depressed that you will always be depressed. Your capacity to foresee your own future gets significantly inhibited. Same thing happens with trauma, with PTSD. Similar things happen with anxiety. We live in a momentary feeling, but it feels so big and pervasive that we don't believe that we'll ever be able to move through it. Noticing the passage of time, noticing change over time, and believing in our own ability to stop and redirect our attention and our effort is a really important tool to have in your toolbox when you start to sink into some negative ways of being or negative feelings. Simply believing, I have the power to reset my mood, my body, my relationships, my business, my life. Simply believing that you have the power to reset is an important belief for your own individual well-being. 
taking that a step further, I can't imagine being in any relationship without the ability to reset. As I described with the experience of raising young children, the ability to rest and start over with all that big active energy was extraordinarily important for me in feeling like I was positively connected to my kids. And now I'm raising teenagers. And man, some days are really, really rough. And then five hours later, he's this like magical, thoughtful, wonderful human to be with. So I have to quickly forgive. I have to quickly move on. I have to quickly reset and say, okay, five hours ago, I sort of hated you, but now you're absolutely delightful. So let's enjoy this moment. Let's be present to what is happening right now. The more that we in our relationships hold on to lingering negative emotion, the more that we hold grudges, the more that we live with the demons of the past, the more miserable we are guaranteed to be. There's certainly no way that Rob and I would have been able to be married for coming up on 22 years without the ability to reset. I've seen the reset be incredibly important in professional relationships too. High-functioning teams may be able to duke it out, may be able to really argue to passionately and vehemently disagree. But once the decisions have been made and the weapons have been laid down, there has to be an ability to rejoin and be on the same team again. In the last leadership team meeting, you are my enemy, but in this leadership team meeting, you are my comrade again. So lots of things go into the reset. I think probably the most important part of reset, as I've mentioned, is the intention. It's the decision. It's the noticing that you wish to make a change and then deciding to make a change. So resets don't happen passively. They are an active choice. So first is intention, but of course, second is action. Resets require us to think differently, to behave differently, to wake up at a different time, to do different things, even if it's things that are changing within our own minds and hearts. Maybe they're not directly observable from the outside world. And because resets are change, intentional change, they do require some effort. Thirdly, resets do require some flexibility. We can't rigidly hold to what has always been. We can't rigidly hold to the things that we're angry about. We can't rigidly hold to the things that have hurt us. We have to be flexible enough to try a new way, to forgive, to move through. There's effort directed toward the adoption of the new pattern, but there's also effort and intention directed towards the releasing of the old experience. Forgiveness is work. Leaving your warm, cuddly bed before dawn on a cold winter's day is work. Noticing and challenging the maladaptive or problematic thoughts that live inside of your head is work. But the beauty of a reset, if we give it the intention, effort, and flexibility that's required, is that it helps us know how to use our resources well. It helps us to be specific about our growth specific about who we are connected to and who we're deciding to love wholeheartedly. It helps us to be clear about who's on our team, who our allies are, who we are committed to working alongside. I personally like the cadence of a couple resets a year. So whether that is quarterly, I tend to like it to be quarterly, to be honest. I do kind of a reset assessment in January. Then I usually do one in June. I do another one in September around my birthday. 
So maybe that's not quarterly. What is that like triennially? I don't know. Anyway, three times a year. Um, The value of that for me is periodically checking in, making the feedback loop three or four months so that I can then reassess if my reset has worked or not. And I think the best way to do this is to go on a retreat. Um, I've talked a lot about retreats on the podcast over the course of the year, and it's really the best practice that I know for setting aside extended time to really think through that list of questions that I mentioned earlier. The questions that really can simply be summed up to what's working and what's not working in my life. Of course, you can ask that about personal life, about professional life, about family life, about relationships, about friendships. You can slice and dice it lots of ways, which is why I think it really requires a lot of time. And then it also invites the the future-oriented questions. So given what's not working, how do I release that as much as possible for my life moving forward? Given what is working, how do I optimize for that? And how am I intentional about what I want to add, what risks I want to take, what new things I want to learn? So retreats create the opportunity for a lot of time and space to think through those things, to make some decisions. Um, You can certainly search the past episode archives to find a deeper dive on retreats, or I have a little Zen founder guide to retreats that's available for sale on Gumroad if that serves you. But regardless of how you do it, please don't let the opportunity pass you by. Take the reset. Consider how you would like this period of time to be different than the last period of time. Even if you are living in a context in which there are lots of variables that you can't control. Most of us would not choose to be in the story that we are currently living as a global society. But acknowledging that allows us the opportunity to consider what power we might have access to to change the current situation. It also allows us the freedom to ask the question of how we would like to feel differently about what's happening, about the things that we can't change. So from the bottom of my heart, happiest of New Year's to you. Welcome to 2022. I hope that it is a year of meaning and of joy for you and for your family. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode of the podcast. In the meantime, feel free to check out zenfounder.com for lots of resources about the kinds of conversations that we have on the podcast. You can get information about working with me, about maybe joining a Zen tribe. It's sort of like a mental health boot camp for entrepreneurs. We also have lots of content on our blog, links to resources in our courses and books for sale. So check us out there and we hope to provide anything and everything that you might need to make the entrepreneurial life a little bit easier.